Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Along to the Wiseman Say podcast. I'm joined by Gareth Barker and Nick Barnes from the BBC as well. Just let you know, Craig Clark was supposed to be doing it, but he's dropped you in it. So if you want to feel free to send him yeah, abusive ag- tweets. Aggressive mm. tweets. Absolutely. Get on it. Glad to have you with us, Nick. Been ages. It has. It's been a long you're time. You're hard to get hold of, really. Aye. Well, not hard to get hold of, but you're down. hard to. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Pinned down. Yeah, pinned down. No, yeah, it's uh, hard to get him in. From a more busy. constructive way of saying it. He's, busy. he's a very busy man. Indeed. Doesn't live locally, which doesn't, which doesn't help as well. Um, two games to talk about tonight. Then, obviously, the defeat at West Ham and the Crystal Palace game. So we'll get straight on to the defeat first. It would have been huge to get a point, wouldn't it? Um, psychologically, for the players to be outside the relegation zone. However, you know, putting it into context, a few weeks ago after we lost to Manchester City, both myself and Gareth said, you know, I think we've left ourselves a little bit too much to do here. That's the way it was looking. To suddenly a couple of weeks later be disappointed that you're not out the relegation zone speaks volumes, I guess, for the for the players. Someone asked me about that today about this. You know, do I think they're going to go down or, or stay up? And I veer from one week thinking, oh yeah, they're going to stay up, to the following week thinking they're going to go down, and I can't make my mind up. And I think I look back over the last few games, the Manchester City game. I thought they played so well, and you know, it was it was it was gutting not to actually mm. get something from it. And then the Liverpool game, they go there and I didn't think they play well at all, but they come away with a point. And then Manchester United, they play really well. They win, you know, and they could have won by more. And you think, yeah, here we go. We're, we're you know, Sunderland back within, giving themselves a fighting chance. And this weekend was a huge opportunity to, to rubber stamp that and put pressure on the others around by getting out of the bottom three, being a couple of points ahead of them. And then it was more disappointing because... They had the chances against West Ham, and I don't think West Ham played very particularly well. And you just think Sunderland, you know, yet again spurned an opportunity to not just take a point, but possibly take all three points. At least, though, it's 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 breaking the cycle a little bit because prior to the last month or so, Sunderland would have followed up a Manchester United performance with an horrendous performance yeah. and lost four 0 and well, defended I, I think atrociously. That's, well, that's something I put to Sam Allardyce this morning. I said, you know, for all the disappointment of losing at West Ham, if you take the performance against Manchester City, you take the, the poor performance against Liverpool from which you get something, then you take a good performance against Man United, a good performance against West Ham. Surely, with those performances not falling away, the pendulum's got to swing hmm. back in your favour somewhere down the line. If they can perform like that against Crystal Palace at home, with Palace's form, you then think, well, is this the night... That they will get something, and that three points could be absolutely huge. Well, they have, you know, Benno kept on saying about Man United, it was a game they had to win. I think Palace is a game they have to win because Southampton's going to be very, very difficult. Mm, well, more on to the Palace game soon. Just some um, individual and collective performances I want to pick up from the weekend. Um, the continued partnership, I think, between Oshie and Corne 
looks excellent, I have to say. And it makes all the difference for O'Shea having Corner there. There was one example in the first half um, when, I think it was the first half, yeah, when O'Shea kind of headed the ball away under pressure and Corner was there just to sweep up behind him. And it's just something you haven't haven't seen at all because prior to that, O'Shea probably would have headed that. It would have fallen back into the West Ham. They would have launched an attack. He would have been, he would have been stretched. And even the goal didn't, you know, it came from the left-hand side, didn't it? So they can't be blamed for that. And that's a positive thing going into the last few games. Although we aren't keeping clean sheets, you do feel like there's some, there, there are some there. There are some round the corner. Well, you hope so. I mean, you know, the last clean sheet was end of November, and you think, you know, that surely, I mean, Saturday was an ideal opportunity to, to keep a clean sheet. And I know. Sam Allardyce is saying Patrick Van Arnholt, you know, it was it was unlucky, it was an accident. The ball, I, I still feel that Van Arnholt, in the time that he had in the ball, should have, you know, if, just knock it out to touch, yeah. just get rid of it. Don't don't start trying to play football there and, and knowing that someone like Antonio or Emanike is lurking and been, you know, hounding you through the game. But going back to Kone, <coughs> I think Kone, it just looks so strong. I mean, he's clearly experienced. He reads the game well. There was a couple of instances of one particular. At West Ham, where he, he, you know, he had to track back and shield the ball from whoever it was for West Ham, and and just by sheer strength, and you know, he he shepherded the ball out for a goal kick. When I think in the past, it was the sort of part of the field around the penalty area with pressure from the offence from the opposite team would have seen Sunderland get the ball whipped off them and be under all sorts of problems. Um, and Kone's just, you know, got that strength, the reading of the game, partnership with O'Shea. And, and he has been a, a real positive. Makes it harder to swallow the defeat because doesn't it? Because like you say, we watching that game, even the first half when Sunderland didn't play well, you didn't really think West Ham had a lot in them. I know Noble hit the underside of the ball with with a good strike that could happen in any game against any side. Somebody can hit the ball well, like that. They were comfortable. I mean, yeah. they, you know, they, they'd started well. I mean, they weren't setting the world alight. They they weren't you know putting West Ham under any real pressure, but they didn't look under any pressure themselves from. West Ham, who you know got up to the final third, but didn't ever get in behind Sunderland. Noble's shot against the crossbar coming out. You just thought, well, I wonder if this is going to be Sunderland's afternoon. Yeah. You could see it being one of those games nil-nil for 80 minutes, and Sunderland snatching one and winning it one-nil. But the goal was so disappointing. I mean, it was, you know, your heart sank at that moment because you saw the, the, you know, the ball being given away by Van Arnholt. Then Antonio, I, I, you know, I said in the commentary it looked speculative, and I still think it. It was. I don't think he ever expected to be in that position with you know that chance, and he swept it. And, and I think Manoni, even Manoni, seemed to stand off it. it. Well, I, how do we feel about Manoni no, with, with that I, goal? I just thought he, he looked too fragile against West Ham again. Just thought, feet, his feet, like, he's yeah, not moving his leaden. feet. He's not set. Like to just watch a ball. I mean, he's yeah. not lashed it in. He's rolled it in. And he's, he's tried he's to. He looked like it. it was going around the post. My my instinct was that Manoni thought it was going wide, hmm. and didn't even gotta, think to yeah. make the. You gotta, you gotta read it better. You gotta, you know, dive for it. It had a lot of bend on it, yeah. But I just think, you know, I think the pro- that's a, a, it's a problem at, at the moment with Manoni is, you know, as, as good as his save is from Noble. I mean, it's a decent save. He's always gonna give one away as well, and you know that, you know, some would argue that the save he made from Noble was a decent save, but it, you know, it wasn't a save that was other keepers in the Premier League wouldn't have made. It's a bit the error. It's a bit of a mini layer, yeah. isn't it? You know, you, the, thought, you know, think the, he's going to make a, uh, he's going to make a rick, but he's also capable of pulling off good reaction saves. I just fear for him sometimes mm. in the, in the fray when he gets a lot of bodies around him. He's a bit of a panicker. You look at you look at goals he's conceded and stuff. I just think you know. I thought like the, 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 the Bournemouth, the Bournemouth goalie conceded was pretty weak. 
that you know that mistake against Swansea where they were offside and he dropped the ball to to their well it was their right back who scored but he was off and things like that you just worry it's like I can't but he's kicking as well at the yeah weekend, I mean you can saw Allardyce getting increasingly frustrated with his kicking and that was a problem with Pantillamon as he well he must have failed it? at Pickford's ready though because he's he's come back he played him a couple of games he played, yeah, he he played did, very right. well I, I mean, mean we, we, he can't say a lot of goals but he played well against Arsenal and against Spurs we weekend, would you put Pickford in against Palace but then you start thinking can you keep is it the pressure of these games do you think can you keep chopping and changing your keeper because where's that leave hmm. both keepers do you think he's just trying to protect them because of the pressure of, of these games Suddenly we, we, we go to Crystal Palace, again we'll, we'll get onto that in a little bit, but we go there and say we lose 1-0 and it's his fault and it's a, it's a lot for a young guy to take, I guess. It, but, you know, they must have had, had that, they must have thought this through when they sold Pantillimon, they must have thought, right, you're going to be involved in a relegation scrap. You've got two keepers, Manoni, who, as we've seen in the past, his confidence gets dented very, very easily. So is he, is he mentally up to the running if he starts to make mistakes? So therefore, do you bring Pickford in, who's... 21 and you know he's played in the championship but you know he's not been in these situations before where results really do you know matter and as Sam Allardyce keeps saying you've got to keep a clean sheet I mean that heaps huge pressure on your defenders and your goalkeeper if you're banging that drum clean sheet clean sheet clean sheet and as soon as you let one in as a keeper you're then you know thinking right okay how strong are you mentally to to, to, to carry on, not concede a second, not concede a third. And it, it's a, they're in a difficult place, I think, with the keepers. I don't. I'm, I mean, I, my, my assumption is that Manoni will play against Palace, yeah. and unless he made, I mean, I think was it Gus Poy always used to say, you don't, or Dick Advocate, you don't drop the keeper after one bad game, you drop him after two. Now, did Manoni was Manoni was that a bad game? It wasn't a brilliant game, but was it a bad game? I think you got to ask about Manoni. I just think. You know, it's one thing to say if Pickford's not ready, then he doesn't play him. At the same time, you look at it and go, if if Pickford, you know, is is Manoni sorry going to win you a fo- game of football? Probably, I would argue, probably not. So really, you're not risking anything in that respect. You're not like dropping somebody who's like highly skilled and gambling with this other other guy. I mean, I would argue. I mean. Really, at the moment, we do play on the break quite a lot. If you've got somebody like Pickford, whose distribution is excellent, mm. like both throwing mm. it and kicking it, um, you know, you've got opportunities there. I mean, how how often the the ball drifts out of play by the halfway line from a Manoni kick is it's too often. And you know, if you surrender, you surrender in possessions back to the opposition, and it's not it's not ideal. Because you all know what it's building up to now is the fact that Pickford will come in. Manoni will be, you know, his confidence shattered, and Harper comes in on the bench. <laughs> Plays against Newcastle, and then the Newcastle game. <laughs> Pickford had a hamstring early on, and oh god, you could see you could see this happening, couldn't you? I want to I want to bring up a couple of individual performances there, uh, which I think are worthy of discussion. First, Kasri's performance, um, I thought was fine, but in particular, in, in particular that that um, the Rabona yeah. aside. But, um, but even saying that with a flair, with a flair but, player, yeah, you, yeah, you, you, I, you know, would, would, it's almost like you know when you're coaching, you're coaching no. a flair, a flair <laughs> player, and somebody says, you know, you don't coach, coach it out of them. It's one of the biggest criticism of English managers and English coaches yeah, but, that uh, your coach is If it had come off, yeah, and Sunderland had scored from it, he'd have been, mm. you know, the toast of the town, wouldn't he? And it's and you and I think 
I admire him in that situation for having the courage to exactly, try it. Yeah. Ultimately, he's the one that looked an idiot right in front of the West Ham fans. But, you know, he had a go. He's, got, he, yeah. he's clearly got the confidence in mm. a side that... You know, I think it's, it's a good sign that a player's that confident exactly, in a I team agree, yeah. where they are to have a go at things like that. And we, we, because we it's, that, it's that ambition in a game that actually sometimes comes off and gets you a goal. Yeah. Or, and we, and we, 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 we've been crying out though for a player with a bit of purpose, haven't yeah. we? And we, we've, well, we've, we've and been we're distracted from his overall performance because a lot of people picked up on that and hammered him in the press for that. But I think Kazri and Kirchhoff, the two of them, played exceptionally well at the weekend. And I think Kazri gives them another dimension. I mean, his set pieces weren't brilliant against West yeah. Ham. They, that, that, that let him down a bit. But that said, it, there was a fair breeze blowing. I think there was, that, there was an element of that. But he did, on the whole, look like when he gets hold of the ball, his purpose about him, he runs at players, he takes players on, he wins the ball back, he works hard backwards and forwards, he doesn't sort of lurk in the final third, he is back defending, he is back looking for the ball, and there's an attacking intent about him. So I think, overall, you know, you take instances like that Rabona out of it, it could have come off, it didn't come off, move on. Yeah. Uh, it's great to have a player with that ability mm. in the team. I just think people wouldn't far too far with that really just going over the top you know it doesn't that mistake doesn't define him as a player yeah no. it was you know if it like you say if it comes off everyone will go be going on about it but you know there was <laughs> that wasn't the reason why we lost because he didn't drive the I mean he still had a lot to do from that position there were a lot of bodies batting that six yard box and he could have driven it across it could have gone in it could have just deflected off for a corner you don't know but, but you know the, the chances they did cre- they yeah, take chances. the chances they did create for that were there to take the two Broadwell ones. And Defoe had um, that. And, and Defoe. I mean, Defoe, again, you know, I'm not having a go at him because people obviously think I've got like some sort of vendetta yeah, against yeah, Defoe. You've got an agenda against Defoe. Well, uh, before you start your agenda, bear in mind he'd missed two, if you count the one that was offside, and he missed against West Ham. He missed two against Bournemouth at Bournemouth. Mm. Missed a good one against Spurs, three of his former clubs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> conspiracy the, theories there's a now. conspiracy theory um, I, I tell you what though you touched, no. you, touched, you touched on Rodwell there I know, I know you, were, you were going to talk about Defoe but I think while you're on the subject that's another interesting one uh, individual performance I want to point out now clearly he should have done better with his two chances obviously but what I liked about it on the other hand is this is a guy who and we spoke about it the other week after he played against Manchester United and we thought he had a decent game in that game he had even more attack and purpose this game and this is a guy who's looked at the situation he saw the way Kirchhoff plays and he saw the way Villa plays. And he's the biggest criticism we've had of Rodwell is he doesn't know what kind of player he needs to be. How do you fa- define him as a centre midfielder? He looks as if he's looked at the situation and thought, OK, these two guys are going to sit. If I get on, I'm going to get forward with it. And to be fair, he's doing it. Well, I, I think he looks a bit more aggressive again. He looked, you know, he was prepared to Cause there's a clear throw plan. himself a clear into a plan few tackles what he wants now, to do. Which, a few weeks back, he wasn't. So he's looking more aggressive. He's pushing into the penalty area. It begs the question now as to whether Sam goes with Rodwell or Catamol against Palace. And I think there's probably a school of thought that Rodwell will get the nod because Catamol gave the ball away too much, Looked, didn't look comfortable playing in that further he isn't role going further forwards. He's not going to. Rodwell we've looks been... better there. Yeah. It's... He's been asked to play out of position, really, Catamol, isn't he, in his form. He's suffered as a result. I think it's tight, like a, we're big fans of Catamore, but it's, it's but it's gone with the thing with Rodwell. It's the criticism's almost gone too far now. 
that you saw a lot of people say, oh, yes, he got in the position, but he yeah. missed. And to I think fair, I saw somebody yeah, say, yeah, yeah, oh, well, Catamore would have missed those chances. And yeah, yeah, but the point is, Catamore wouldn't get himself yeah, wouldn't get in, in, in that position. Yes, the, that's the um, thing. And Rodwell, I think in part of it was because he, he, was too, he thought too much about the chances. You know, he didn't sort of just smack them because he's not that... He is not that sort of player. He's more of a thinker. But so that's the you know that's maybe the downside with Rob Wood. If you if you could work on that finishing, but I mean, how many times in the last few weeks has he played and got himself in those positions? Mm. And then you know, another day, you know, an inch to the left, an inch to the right, he might have got it. I mean, it's, it's good. That, I mean, Byron makes a mistake for the second one, and he recovered really well. And like to be fair, Rodwell, he's he's pounced on a mistake, and he's it's yeah. nearly come off for him. The first one, it just uh, you know, it, it happens quite you know, it happened quite quickly, and he's hit the target. It's one of those hit the target. It's coming across you on his wrong foot, hit the target, and hopefully you you score. But unfortunately, it went straight at the keeper, and then Kazri is right behind him, and it comes back and hits his arm. I don't agree with Allardyce saying the goal should have stood be- or something. I mean, but he was saying it was accidental. I know, but a, a, it's, a, a, he's in the middle of the yeah, box. So I mean, it's, I mean, the handball rule is such a grey. Yeah. This needs to be, I think, somewhere down the line. That's a clear out ball. Yeah. It's got to... If it affects the game, if you, if, you, if you use it, if you handle it and it forces your advantage, and I'd go for that in penalties as well, where people say, oh, his arm was to the side or whatever. If it hits you in the arm in the middle of the box and the ball's travelling towards goal or something like that, I think you've got to give a penalty because... Well, that's a difficult one, though, because it is accidental. I but, mean, it, you know, if the player is trying to keep his arms pinned down to his side to avoid a handball, but can't players, get out of the way but players trip players accidentally and foul players accidentally all the time yeah, you know what I mean you don't not give it because it's accidental and I mean, some referees do and some don't I mean it, it's, you know, I mean, the argument would be that you'd have you know players are deliberately trying to kick the ball off people's arms but I think when you you can clearly see if somebody's had a shot at goal and someone's arm sticking out but anyway that's a, a different thing but yeah it wasn't it was arm ball and it, it uh, was rightly ruled out but he was I just thought Rodwell but unfortunate, and you know, I was happy to see him doing the things that we want him to do. And it's, I think, it's just nice to be able to talk about yeah. him, saying, "Okay, now we know what his job in that midfield if he plays will yeah. be. He'll be the one who first and foremost keeps his shape in the middle. He's not going to just mm. he's not going to play a number ten role or anything like that. But he's going to be the one who breaks from midfield, yeah. and that's clear. That's the clear identity of that midfield yeah. now. And it's just so much easier and makes me feel more comfortable yeah. speaking about Rodwell in that manner because the one issue we've had with him previously has been. What is he? What, what is he how do, do you define what, what him? Do? What kind yeah, of centre midfielder is he? And yeah, I mean, and now if he know, and I think he didn't know that himself. And if he, you know, there was, there's been talk of him playing centre half, being a box to box player. We've spoke before, said actually when he when he when he breaks, he does look quite threatening, um, getting in the box as well. It just helps that he now knows, and we're starting to see that side shape now, where you look and you think, okay, you know what his job is, you know what his job is, mm. and that was perhaps the final piece. Of, of the jigsaw almost as cheesy as that sounds um, where where it was the third centre midfielder because Catamol's been struggling playing that role yeah, and playing the advanced role as much as we like Catamol here now I think Kirsch, it's because Kirchhoff's changed well, he's that made a thing huge hasn't because he? he's looked so good um, I mean again he was. I thought he was the best player on the pitch yeah. at the weekend and um, you know kind of marshalled well, he doesn't give up well either there was a lot of yeah. balls that He's stretched for, I mean, really stretched for yeah. to win back. And you think, you know, he's he's got a fighting mentality as well. Yeah. He doesn't like, he doesn't want, if you know, even if he loses the ball, he wants to win it back. He wants to, 
play the part, quick yeah. pass through the middle. He wants to... Lovely ball in behind the... A couple for, of times, the, um, really good balls up through, just with a bit of accelerate, bit yeah. of pace, and try and stretch West Ham. And it's, He's clearly got a bit of finesse. You know, he's a cultured player. I mean, he looks like he's a he's got a, you know a lot of technique, a lot of skill yeah. there, but he can read the game as well. I mean, so... And, he, in, in, and testament to that was the fact he went down with cramp. You know, that's how yeah. much he... He worked hard through the game, and he's acknowledged as well that his fitness levels aren't. aren't and quite he, and there, yeah. you know, I did ask Sam Allardyce whether he thought that was an issue for Palace, but he says it's not. We'll see. Well, I mean, you can always. I mean, if but if Catamol's on the bench, yeah, you've you got can always you can always that. take a different kind of player again from that position. But mm. you know that you're going to have the defensive elements, which is the most important in that position, um, in in Catamol. But I mean, if we're going going back to missed chances and. I, do, I just don't like this for a number of reasons. I don't like this whole like, well, Jermaine Defoe is going to be the man to keep Sunderland up. I don't. I don't think it's it's this narrative that seems to have been, you know, projected in the wider media. And it's like, oh well, you know, if you give Defoe the chances, he'll score. I'm not saying he has to score every chance at all. I think firstly, it's wrong to put all the pressure of our survival on one person. Secondly, I don't think we're a team that has to play solely for one player. I don't think that's a productive way to play. He's going to um, be given more chances, but I mean, there, yes, there but, then, but then he had, you know, he had what four opportunities really at the weekend that mm. he didn't hit the target with, um, or didn't score with, um, didn't beat the goalkeeper, um, which is fine. But then there's people saying, well, the reason he's missed those chances is because he's not getting enough chances. I mean, it's not. Got, I, do we I expect him to score? Well, I, I mean, I was listening to, to, to the Tottenham Swans. No, 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 no but, but he had, you know, he had, he, he had four. But the issue Chances is that really in the but game. he is key because I was listening to the Tottenham Swansea game and saying one of the problems that Swansea have had this season is because they haven't got a front yeah. man. And you look at the teams that are struggling down the bottom; it's goal scoring is the problem. Now Sunderland have got a goal scorer in Defoe, so you can see yeah. why he's crucial. You can see why he has to play. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would never. I wouldn't. I'm not advocating dropping. But I know what you I'm mean not about saying, I'm not putting saying, too much yeah, of a burden there is pressure too much, upon his shoulders. To there get, is too much, which is why pressure. there's a burden now. I think on the. Centre backs to be mm. getting more goals from set pieces, and the midfielders to be getting more yeah. goals from set pieces, or even in yeah. open play. I think I mean I will probably come on to this more when we talk about the Palace game, but you know, and Doy, he had a re- I thought he was really good against Man United. Had a pretty struggled, average game. Struggled, didn't he? On, on His Saturday, strength on Saturday but... early on was he was winning those headers on the wing, which is why he's in the team. Which is but, why you yeah. need someone with a good distribution to find him yeah. down that side. But if you're not going to have that, then if you haven't got it, there's yeah, an then, argument then for Barini, really, because I think the game was screaming out for Barini from about 55, 60 minutes. I don't understand why he didn't come on last 10 minutes, Especially when you think we, we're knocking on the door, we just need just somebody who can convert a chance yeah. or a half chance, and Barini's got that capability. Yeah. Mo- the thing is, Barini... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know, whereas Endoy's strength is his physical elements. His strength is strength. Just to try something different. Well, it's, it's his movement, isn't it? So you've mm. got, if, you tr- if you're looking for somebody to slip a ball through and, and, and Barini's coming off the side, then... You know, I think it offers you something different, but I would have definitely had him on, and I'd, I'd, pro- I'd probably play him tomorrow night as well instead of in Doi. There's a strong argument for that. Palace were physical side, though, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting that Balassi could be back in starting the game. Mm. Wickham, worst case scenario there, where he has, like, you know, two years ago, suddenly finds his goal scoring form I think he's got at that out the, the way. Got, yeah, he got that out of the way. That'll stuff his second goal. Yeah. Really but I mean, we're going to speak to Jim from Palace just now. Um, just quickly before we do that and predict the team and stuff like that, I feel this is. I feel great that we're playing again so soon after Saturday. Yeah. I don't know how you feel because we've lost, but we didn't play poorly. Mm. And you think, think there's, there's absolutely no time to dwell on it. And we, we've acknowledged that they've played well in the last four games or whatever, apart like ten minutes of Liverpool yeah. game. But generally, they've played quite well. And when that happens, you want to play as quickly as possible. The, um, and you, you feel like you don't want the players to get down and yeah. sulk about raw week. The last game you wanted was Southampton. In, you, yeah. know, you want a game in between. Mm. Against somebody who's out of form yeah. as well. You know, the, the, that cliche, you know, results. So we lose three. Performances don't matter at this stage of the season. It's about results. Well, it is about results, but at the same time, the performances like show that the good performances that we've had, they're not flukes. And no, that, and that, I just and think, I think I go back I think to the if I was that, watching, I'd, I'd be going, oh, you know, they if don't look, they're not sitting ducks. You know? well, I watched, Leicester, I watched Leicester Norwich and Norwich were, you know, organised-ish um, and obviously hung on for a while. But, did, I mean, you look at them and you think comparatively they also look like us when, when Allardyce first came and we went to West Brom and tried to set up and do that. Um, you know, that that's what they look like at the moment. You know, you look at Swansea. You know, I, I didn't see the first half of that game. I saw a chunk of the second half, and you know they were well outplayed by an excellent Tottenham team. So you can't really make any judgments there. But the judgments I'd make about Swansea, which was talked about before, would definitely be the fact that they've dropped points to West Brom and um, they dropped points in a, against Crystal Palace at, at at home and away. And you'd think those are two games you'd be earmarking for results. Um, Palace, Palace have had an extraordinary run. You know, no wins since. December the 19th in the Premier League yet they've won three FA Cup ties and they've got Reading next you almost think is this going to be the season that Palace with Pardew get to the FA Cup final Mm. but find themselves really in Mm. serious trouble in the Premier League we'll 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 do that we'll get Jim on the phone and see if he thinks they've done enough Okay, we're joined by our old friend Jim Daly from the Five Year Plan podcast. That's right, isn't it? Get that right? Getting tongue tied. That's right, yeah. Five Year Plan, yeah. Nearly just said the Five Year Podcast. That would be a daft name, wouldn't it? It'd be long, the long five, five, the year. five Year Podcast, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you'd run sponsor, out of It's a sponsored thing. Yeah. Uh, it's good that we get a, guest, a phone guest on the Wiseman here because we don't do it much nowadays, of course, because the, you know, the light is the, the pre match show. So last time we were speaking to you, Jim, uh, Probably an unexpected win for Sunderland, but Crystal Palace was certainly in a, a much better place then. And I know you were saying that uh, you kind of had to pinch yourself out with it, with the situation and that you were waiting for the inevitable crash to happen. Is that happening now as we speak? 
Yeah, it, it turns out I was right. I was spot on. I'm never right about these things. And I was absolutely right because we have crashed and not burned. We are, I guess maybe we are burning now. I don't know. It, it's, all, it's all kind of going wrong. Everything that, that can go wrong in terms of injuries and suspensions and bad luck and bad form, it's all coming together in one perfect storm of badness. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's what we were told about Pardew teams, that they go on these runs where they're brilliant for games and then they have bad runs of form and then they kick on again. And we just need something to go our way because at the moment, everyone, all the Palace fans are kind of losing their heads a little bit. But you, you said that you were about to do the crash and burn analogy and you stopped yourself from saying that you, 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 know, you haven't burned. Do you, think you, do you think you've done enough for that to happen now? Have you got, I, enough, I, have you got enough points on the board? I, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, we're on 32, which uh, is only eight points outside the draw. A couple of wins or might do it for you. Exactly, exactly. And, and a couple of wins and a couple of defeats can, can change things either way in this league very easily. But it's not just the points. Confidence is drained out of the team. It's drained out of the fans. We're not looking anywhere near as bullish. Um, we're making silly mistakes. We weren't before. You know, I think really before Christmas, we, were, we had a bit of luck go our way. We were probably overperforming, to be honest. Um, but we would, it was just all going our way, and, and now it's not. And I just, I think we're going to be okay. Pardew today said we're in a relegation fight, which is fair enough. I think you probably do have to admit that now after, you know, 10 games of that without a win uh, in the league, no wins in 2016. I think we probably will be okay, but you just, you just never know. It's such a weird league. You can still be sucked into it, and... No Palace fan in their right mind who's supported the club for longer than a couple of years will will be happy until the final day of that season comes and we're and we're safe. But it looks quite stark though when you look at the as you say, no win in ten league games, but then you look at your FA Cup form and that is the polar opposite. You know, is it gonna be one of those seasons where you get a, a cup run, you go to the FA Cup final, you've got a fantastic draw next up for for lots of reasons, um, and yet you're struggling in the Premier League? It's a really weird one, and I certainly from a fan's perspective, no one can really put their finger on why that's happening, unless they just the shackles are off in the cup a little bit, and the pressure's not there, and it doesn't really matter. I don't know why. I mean, we went to Spurs last weekend. We played really well. Spurs are having a fantastic season, arguably the best Spurs team in my lifetime, I would say. They put out a fairly strong team, and we beat them one nil, and probably deserved it. Had a bit of luck go our way, but we played played really well. And then we've gone to West Brom. And I don't know if you guys watched the first yeah. half. We were dreadful in that mm. first half. We, we, we looked like a team that hadn't played together before. Yeah. It, was, it, was un- it was worse than the Sunday League teams I played for. Some of them have been absolutely shocking. <laughs> I mean, and it was just... No, sorry. I was going to say, I mean, you know, I'll be frank with you and I'll be perfectly honest with you. I think if Sunderland fans could handpick a game they would have, we, we just said it's important to, to play quite quickly after losing to West Ham. I don't know if you watched that game, but it was a game we played quite well in. Uh, we're generally playing quite well overall. The, our form since the turn of the year has been quite good, especially since the new signings have started to play. You know, it's the pole opposite to Crystal Palace at the moment. We would ha- probably, I would say, Sunderland fans would handpick a home game against against Crystal Palace. However, we are still second bottom in the league, so your fans might feel the same way. I think I, if I was a Sunderland fan, I would be thinking exactly the same thing. But 
given Palace's knack in the past of pulling results out of the bag where they don't deserve to or they're not expected, I think that could be quite dangerous for you guys because it's the sort of game where we could turn up, play terrible and nick a 1-0 win. Um, it's sort of reversed to the, when you came down to sell us earlier in the season. I think we were all expecting a home win in that one and, and it went your way. So I certainly wouldn't rule Palace out, but something's got to change at the moment and whether that's Balassi coming back and he, he came on at half-time at the weekend at West Brom and we looked a much better team in the second half whether it's as simple as him coming back or a change of formation, maybe, I don't know. Something, something needs to change because we've, been, been, we've not been brilliant in the last 10 league games. We've been a bit unlucky in some of them. We, we haven't played awfully. There's been some periods in games where we've played being very bad, but in the West Brom game, we were terrible in the first half, better in the second half. In mm. previous games at home to Bournemouth, we played very well. They scored with only two shots on target. So we, we've, not, we've not been horrible but uh, something needs to change for us to get that win. And I think once you do get that, that one win, hopefully the rest will click into place. The referee is the same referee as the 4-1 last season. At the stadium oh, really? Right. Mm. Oh. That means anything. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Know. Any good I'm trying to think of an omen. <laughs> I mean, Jim, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting for one minute that Southern fans are going to this game expecting nothing but a win because we've been in this situation many Many, 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 many times before, <laughs> and uh, it, and just when you think where you're going to kick on, um, it comes back and, and bites us in the backside. So I'm, I'm not saying that, but if, as a Crystal Palace fan, I guess if you had a choice of your next game, you would see Aston Villa at home, like most teams in the Premier League would. But going to a side second bottom, does it give you a little bit of confidence? Well, uh, at the moment, nothing gives nothing gives me confidence. I never have confidence in Palace. Um, I mean, this, this, this game is the end of a run of games that we looked at over Christmas and said, right, this is a really, really winnable run of games. We win this. Wow, we could really kick on. We could really be pushing for Europe. And we've got one point from there. I think it's about five or six games. So I'm going into it praying for a result. I don't think there's any expectations from Palace fans, given how we've played recently. We just know that we have to get a result. I mean, we pretty much have to win. If we lose then there's going to be some serious fallout, I think, unfortunately. I personally don't think Pardy should go. There's whispers of that. I think that's an overreaction from some fans. He was England manager a month ago. But that was overreaction as well. <laughs> you, know, you know how these things go. They swing one way to the other. I think, I think he'll be under pressure because that's 11, that'll be 11 games without, without a win. And, you know, the, the teams at the bottom will be creeping up on us. But I, I just feel, oh, we've got a win. <laughs> I've said it now. I've said it. I've said it now. It's out there. We've got, we've got to win. Connor Wickham. Discuss. <laughs> um, a bit rubbish, isn't Connor, he? Really, generally. Connor Wickham. Connor Wickham is 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 a weird one because <laughs> now and then he'll give you a bit of a flash where you think, oh, hang on. Like he scored two goals at the weekend. The second one, don't know if you've yeah. seen it. Yeah. Absolute belter, left peg, top corner, and you think, oh, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, he can kick a ball. Oh, maybe he's not all bad. But then. You look at the first half on Saturday, he, he didn't touch the ball, I think. It was non-existent. So I, there's something in there, and maybe, it's, maybe this is a good analogy for the whole team. There is something in this team, and there is something in Wickham. Someone has got to get it out somehow. Someone's got to get Wickham playing. <laughs> and how familiar does that sound? We've been there. That, been is, there. The, that <laughs> is the secret. Um, nobody, I mean, the thing is that, I mean, that second one he scored was an outstanding goal, but like the amount of times he'd do that, and it had a little flying over the bar, like every time. Like he'd always try and do something ridiculous like that, and he'd always miss. So it's after five years, it's probably about time one went in. 
but uh, it, did, it was a it was a great goal, and obviously had that great run for us at the end of the um, thirteen fourteen season, and um, contributed massively to us staying in the Premier League. But you know, I think the thing that hurt hurt him there was sec- the come back the next season. We didn't sign Barini, not for the want to try, and then uh, he ended up having to play out wide, and then that was it. Um, he sort of ne- he didn't didn't get that run through the middle. His main foil in that run was Jack Arini, who is, it, he got injured, and then he's you know it's just never happened for him at Sunderland. And he's gone off on loan, so I think like the key to getting something out of Wickham is having you know you got to play him through the middle, and you've got to you've got to have somebody behind him who's gonna lay the chances on, and then you hope he gets into a little bit of a streak. I mean the goals he scored at the weekend were a little bit sort of. You know, they're not going. They aren't the kind of goals that you'd expect to see Conor Wickham scoring, really. Um, yeah, well, it's know. funny you say that because he, that's exactly what we, we heard when he signed that he he wants to play up front, wasn't comfortable out wide, and when he at the start of the season he we played one man up top and he was that one man. And before he got injured, he was looking pretty good. wasn't scoring goals, but was holding the ball up, bringing Punchin and Palassi and Zahar into play, and he thought, oh yeah, this works. And then when he came back from uh, injury, Pardew played him with uh, Adebayor, and he played Adebayor at top, and Wickham sort of out wide. And we were like, "Well, why are you doing this? We'd, it's not going to work." And we've heard from before that that's not what he wants. And and guess what? It didn't work. Yeah. And then on Saturday, he started again with Adebayor and Wickham. Didn't work. Took Adebayor off. Brought on Balassi. Wickham in the middle, and and you know he got two goals, and we looked a better threat going forward. It's almost like. The fans know better than the manager at the moment. You know, if you've got that balance of the two wingers, Palacio and Zaha, uh, Wickham up top, and then hopefully someone behind, Punchin's injured. I think Jordan Much looked okay on, on Saturday. Just having that balance back, I suddenly think, makes us look more of a threat going forward. Do you think he'll take that into the next game then? Can you see Balassi starting and Adebayo being on the bench? What do you think he'll do? I, ho- I hope that's the case. Uh, balassi has been out injured for seven or eight weeks, so it depends on whether he's physically ready to do that but if he is I would I would start him definitely because he's got that injection of pace that energy you know that hustle and bustle which defenders don't like playing against and which we haven't had up front since we last won which was December the 19th which was last year it's ridiculous so we yeah it Adebayor for me hasn't hasn't been that convincing at all uh, I understand why they signed him. It was a gamble. That's fine, and we need bodies up top. But if, if Balassi is fit, I'd play Balassi and Zaha with Wickham up top. And, and even if we didn't win, at least I'd feel that we'd have gone through it with our best team. Okay, we're going to come back and talk about who we think will play. How do you think the game will go then? Honestly, you said you said you put it out there and you need a win. You need a win. But do you think you will? I think. I think we. Oh, I don't. I really. I really <laughs> come don't on, know. Come on. Get I off think the fence. We, I think maybe we will. I think we. I think the tide might just turn for us, and we'll nick it. I think there'll be goals at either end because we cannot keep clean sheets at the moment. Even though previously our defence was the best thing about our team, they look like four Sunday League players who've never played together before at the moment. So you will score, but I think we will score as well, and maybe we'll sneak one more. So two-one Palace. It'll be very tight, but I think possibly this could be the game where it turns for us. Hopefully. Okay, thanks to Jim there. Almost apologetic for predicting Crystal Palace would win. <laughs> Doesn't like to offend anybody. Uh, we're just going to spend the last, well, I guess, couple of minutes talking about 
what the team might be because realistically there's probably only a couple of positions that are up for grabs and even even then I'm thinking perhaps one. The reason I'm saying two is because there's an outside chance the goalkeeper situation might be changed. I can't see it. Can anybody else? I'm a, no, I don't you're know. thinking, I'm thinking one change. My thinking is probably Rodwell. Rodwell. Yeah. I'd be tempted to go with Barini wide and then maybe change it up. I mean, I, was, I thought on Saturday there was a point where I mean, if they haven't trained, it's fair enough, but they might have gone to a diamond maybe and just put Ndoy up top with, when we're like really pushing for an equaliser, put Ndoy up with Defoe and Kazrian behind and then you've got you know Kershaw deep and the two sitting in front. Because we've got the wing-backs wing bombing on, I don't think going to a diamond when you're chasing a game is such a, such a bad idea for Sunderland with the, with the personnel they've got. But I think in this game, I just think I'd go... I think... The thing that Barini gives you that Ndoy doesn't is energy. And I think we need we're gonna need the energy to to get the crowd on board, you know, to, to drive us towards the win that we need. So the only I'm just thinking back to the game at Palace was the night that he surprised everybody by playing three at the back. Mm. And now Kabul's fit again. Mm. You think, well, is there a bit of him that thinks Palace, we put the three, Kabul, Kone and O'Shea, you then can afford you the luxury of having two, two up. up front. I think um, I'm not. I, you I, have I, to I like, I like no. central then, though, if you do yeah. that, aren't you? Well, I wouldn't be. I don't think it would be a mm. problem. I mean, I like uh, I like the three at the back, but I just think because we've been playing quite well um, with the setup that we have been, I'd be reluctant to try My and only change that too. Thought much. about it is that because Balassi and Zaha, if they do both play, you might offer yourself more protection. Yeah. No, you, with I their think pace. You would. But I think at, like at this stage, with the form they've been in, the form we've been in, and the, the fact we need the result, he'd be conscious fact, about doing know. that at Spurs as well, yeah. changing it and, and, I think, and going and, straight at the back. I just think we, you know, we need to approach the game like not mm. as a reactive team, going like, oh, they might hurt us here and here. We need they're in bad form. They haven't won in ten. We're at home. We're in de- we're in decent form this year, and we should be the ones taking the game to them and trying to win it because we need to win games now. You know, the games are running out. We probably need another. 17 points to stay up. But he's so pragmatic, he's been saying about not conceding a goal, keeping a clean sheet. You think, how you know, does he does he still go so defensive-minded, even at home, to try and sneak it 1-0 in the 85th minute? Interesting that Sunderland in the top four teams have scored the most goals in the last 10 minutes of games. Mm. But the other side of that coin is, of course, they've scored their goals when they're 3 or 4-0 down and yeah. the other team's gone to sleep. Yeah, I mean so that's that, that hasn't been the case recently, though. To be fair, and I just think I think there's enough there, you know, to say that we'll we'll win the game, and it's the, the, we, the we're capable I mean, of winning the game anyway. Like Nick said, like you've just said there, like oh, we might need 17 points, and everybody's saying oh, this season you might need more more amount, a higher point tally than normal. But you know, the suggestions are that we're catching Newcastle uh, and Norwich certainly yeah. um, without. You know, without I think you don't want the thing is you don't want to get into a situation where it is two from three, do you? You want to be in a situation where where you're it's you make you make it so it's two from four or five, <clears> and the only way that teams are going to do that Norwich and Newcastle and Sunderland are by winning some games. Um, I think there's a I think Swansea might play in Norwich soon or something like that. I think that's a game coming up. I think there's a a game with two teams playing each other down the bottom, so you know they'll eventually either. Sink each other or cancel each other out with a draw. Um, you know, there's a good chance that we'll get if we can win the game tomorrow. 
we'll get out of the relegation zone. Obviously, Newcastle don't play the Wednesday. Norwich have got Chelsea. So, you know, tomorrow night, 10 o'clock, we could be sitting thinking, blimey, now we, we're out of the relegation zone and it's up to us to stay out. Um, you know, they've got they've got, given themselves a great chance again. And, the, you know, to be fair, usually we don't give ourselves this chance until we've got about five or six games left. We've got 11 games they left. They started a little bit early, haven't they? Yes. Yeah. They're a Peter. But yeah. this is just Sunderland, isn't it? And we will see. I was just in a gym there, you know. Is <laughs> it worrying in one way that we haven't played so badly in a while? Because it's almost like you say, well, we do one. And like Jim just said there, you wouldn't be surprised to say Palace come up, not play very well, and nick a 1 0 win, yeah. On a cold, freezing night. Yeah. I mean, that would be. We've read that script quite depressing. many times um, before, haven't we? Well, yeah, we'll see, I guess. I, I, I fancy us to. To get a result just on the basis that I think we've been playing quite well, um, the ga- the games you know I think we've been unlucky in some of the games that we've we've not picked up points in. Does it so, help the Crystal Palace on the road of the weekend and on the road again? Do you think? No, I don't think that's a big mm. concern. They play three hours later uh, in Sunderland. Yeah, they fly, they'll fly up. It's not as though yeah. mm, it's not an arduous journey for them anymore. No, I'm just trying to find anything. Didn't do them anything. any harm last no, season. Anybody? It, you know, I think you know. Well, how do you feel, Nick? Confident. Like Gareth, on the form that they've been showing, the way that they're playing, I'm confident in the sense that I think I'm they can... I'm sitting QBR last season. Well, I, there is that as well, the season yeah. before. I mean, yeah. um, <laughs> I, I just think if Sunderland are, are playing well, they didn't, you know, they, they, their form suggests that they keep playing like that, they've got to get a stroke of luck somewhere down the line. They've got to turn that form into, into results. And I think at home against Palace, as they showed against Manchester United, you know, they can do it. I think the crowd's behind them. If they if they haven't let West Ham, you know, hasn't got them down too much, and they show if Kasri can play, if his set pieces can return to, as we saw them against Man United, Kone and O'Shea causing problems, and you know, up in their penalty area, I think yeah, I think Sunderland should have enough. Okay, we'll be back on Thursday to talk about it then, and preview playing the weekend Southampton. Southampton. Woo. See you then. Nice trip for you. I <laughs> remember last year. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Yeah. See you. Thanks for listening. Was that really only last season? Hey. Yeah. God. Yeah. A quick finish. We need to finish. That seems like years ago. Yeah, doesn't stop it? talking. We'll about talk it. about it Thursday. Thanks for listening. <laughs>